0: Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of the podcast, Self-Evolution Regardless. Alright, so, as promised, I'm gonna be talking about a new... I mean, the topic that's always been mentioned but never really talked about, which is enmeshment! And I have two... sorry about that, two long articles talking about enmeshment, what it is, why it happens, how it affects the victims of narcissistic abuse, and how to fucking deal with it. Enmeshment is such a powerful, powerful tool for control and dominance, and proving you the victim of narcissistic abuse—that you're nothing but a worthless piece of shit—that is completely easy to control. So, um, without any further ado, I have this article from the website LiveWellWithSharonMartin.com, and. <clears throat> Taryn Martin is a woman. She's a therapist and she knows what she's talking about. She has a lot of free, interesting uh, resources and material to use and to learn from. And she also has free uh, small PDFs to let you know, like, um, you know, more on concepts like codependency, self help, boundaries. Uh, narcissistic abuse, perfectionism, etc. So I encourage you to look uh, for her website and uh, livewellwithsharonmartin.com. Look her up. And her website is really rich with a lot of very inspirational uh, material. And let's go ahead with this episode. The article is entitled 13 13, 13 Signs You Grow Up In An Enmeshed Family. Now, these are the 13 signs, and then I'm going to talk about the legacy of enmeshment and the solutions. So, the 13 signs of enmeshment, and by the way, um sorry when you're raised in an enmeshed family basically the basic like fundamental definition of being enmeshed is that there are no boundaries like there are there is no limitation as to how they can uh get to you and i'm gonna read the definition first because it's extremely important to know so this definition is from wikipedia.org uh, enmeshment is a concept in psychology and psychotherapy introduced by Salvador Minuchin, Minuchin, um, born in 1921 and died in 2017. Rest in peace. To describe families where personal boundaries are diffused, which means not clear or easy to understand, made less noticeable. And basically, subsystems indifferentiated and over-concern for others leads to a loss of autonomous development. And retardation of emotional growth, um, hence. Henceforth. Okay? Alright, so... And I'm going to read this uh, these two brief uh, definitions from lonerwolf.com. Also 13 signs you're suffering from an enmeshed family. He says here, enmeshed in parental needs, trapped into a discrep- discrepant role function, a child may lose their capacity for self-direction, their own distinctiveness, under the weight of psychic incest, and if family pressures increase, may end up becoming the identified patient or family scapegoat. Oh wait, actually, this is also from wikipedia.org, holy shit, sorry. Okay, so these two paragraphs that I just read are from wikipedia.org, we haven't... I haven't introduced anything from lonerwolf.com, and now let's begin with live well with Sharon as promised, okay? So, the 13 signs, and here we go. Number one, there's a lack of emotional and physical boundaries. This is basically the definition in five or six words, basically. Um... There is lack, little to no emotional and physical boundaries. Number two, you don't think about what's best for you or what you want for yourself. It's always about pleasing or taking care of others. Yes, and especially when you're trained since childhood in your own family to do this, to be a selfless person, to always think, about the other person to always put their needs and wants first it's just um you end up never really thinking about what's best for you and what you want and what you want to gain from something or what what's in it for you basically and that's codependency and that's coined or termed by dr ross rosenberg as self-love self-love deficiency number four you're guilted or shamed if you want less contact you don't talk to your mother every week or don't want to spend a holiday without your parents for example or you make a choice that's good for you sorry uh save and move across the country for a great job opportunity So, you're guilted if you want less contact or if you want to make a choice that's good for you. Guilted and even ashamed for that. Cause you're supposed to be fully, and you know, committed to contacting these abusive, toxic people in your life. And you're not supposed to have any kind of like less contact or more rules to yourself, no. No time, no space, no rules for yourself, no. Number five, your parents' self-worth seems to hinge on your success or accomplishments. And yeah, this basically refers to the point where I, I just, I said m- multiple times before is that they focus on the image. And your success or accomplishments... Represents a perfect image that your parents uh, will always want to keep as perfect as possible. And their self-worth also seems to depend on that. Number six, your parents want to know everything about your life. And this is basic, f- flat-out invasion of your own privacy. You have no privacy. Number seven, your parents' lives center around yours. Whether you fail, succeed, make friends, have a relationship, stay single, get married, whatever, their lives center around yours. It, it's like they they have no lives. You know, whatever kind of hobbies, interests you have, they're gonna sabotage it. They're gonna, they're gonna, you know. Uh, diminish its value and it's their whole attention is basically uh around your life and what you do, what you have, who you're with, etc. Uh number 8, your parents don't encourage to follow your dreams and may impose their ideas about what you should be doing. Holy shit. I've been through this all my life, basically, and I never had any sort of opportunity to follow my own dreams and what I want, it's always coming from one of the family members, it's either the golden child or the flying monkey or the enabling father, just someone has to impose their ideas on me and I have to accept it as the good daughter, otherwise I'm shamed for it. N- for actually deciding for myself for once. Uh, number nine, family members overshare personal experiences and feelings in a way that creates unrealistic expectations, unhealthy dependence, and confused roles. And often enmeshed parents treat their children with f- As friends, okay. Rely on them for emotional support and share inappropriate personal information. Holy shit. So they treat their children as friends. They're children. But they treat them as friends. Like they they have this imaginary picture in their heads that they're talking to an adult. To a 12-year-old looking adult as a friend their child oh my god that's not even a good a good thing to imagine rely on them for emotional support what are they psychologists and share inappropriate personal information i had this small tiny little experience i'm going to talk about right now um i was in a hairdresser and this woman seemed to ask inappropriate questions for my hair, basically, because I was supposed to get my hair done, but then she just, <laughs> uh, she was asking me, like, like, straight in, you know, like, questions about my hair. What are you gonna do to your hair? Why are you doing it? Why are you doing that to your hair? You know, I advise you to do this. Like, bitch, shut up. Like, that's my life. That's my personal stuff. Like, what do you care? And then in the middle of conversations, we were talking about, um, she was talking about her daughter getting her period, and she's pretty young, she's, like, nine years old, um, and then she brags about how she tells her, like, she has to be careful, like, not to let guys around her, and, and, uh, she has to protect herself, and now she has to save herself from marriage, and... I was like, holy shit, oh my god. (laughs) Like, seriously, like, this nine-year-old is gonna suffer for the rest of her life. Oh my god, like, this inappropriate topic isn't supposed to be mentioned until she's older, like, she's 16 or even 18. You know, when she's of age, and maybe start talking to her about this topic, because that's when it's really serious, but not as young as nine, for fuck's sake, just because she had her fucking period. Oh my god. Doesn't even make sense, but there are these kinds of people that you meet anywhere, basically, and they brag about how much of a heroic, you know, personality they are, because they share this kind of information with their children. And they're teaching them, and um, it's important for them to know. Well, it is important for them to know, but it's not the appropriate age, you know? Like, she's just a kid, after all. Nine, you know? She hasn't lived that long in order for you to teach her about sex and and men and dicks and vaginas and whatever. You know, just seriously inappropriate. (laughs) Just... So I was overall really surprised because that wasn't really an appropriate thing. I was gonna tell her by the way. I was gonna tell her what you just said really does not resonate with reality like you shouldn't have done that to your daughter you're you're destroying her future basically for telling her that you know, but you know, I was selling, and I was actually laughing about it because what what good would do if i if i told her that you know if i just like made a you know criticized what you sh- what you what she said you know um what, what good would it do it's only gonna make all help it's only gonna make her like be entitled and uh offended and just attack me uh, which is not gonna serve me any well so I just might as well laugh it off and just leave it like that <laughs> and just share it right here right now because um, it's funny it is it is funny it's just weird <laughs> okay number ten um you feel like you have to meet your parents expectations perhaps by giving up your own goals because they don't approve. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. If you don't meet your parents' expectations and they, they don't approve your goals, you're not a good... Oh, I keep... I keep yawning. Um, you're not a good offspring, basically. Part of being a mesh day. Number 11, you try to avoid conflicts and don't know how to say no. And this is huge because you're trained since childhood again to be too agreeable as a person, to always say yes, to be overly compassionate, overly empathic, and to never stand up for yourself and never say no. In fact, you, you... You're trained as a child to the point where you can no longer say no. No feels like a forbidden word, like a curse word, when it's absolutely okay. And here's the thing with me, with my personal experience here. The golden child in my family always, always always says no like thousand percent of the times that you'll ask her a question or anything she'll always say no like that's her catchphrase basically but if it were to me it just wouldn't be possible it wouldn't be it would be forbidden for me to say no to even think about it it's just forbidden and avoiding conflicts. She's the golden child sister of mine. She is in love with something called conflicts. She dies for conflicts, basically, this bitch. And I'm here terrified of them and hate them. I would never do such a thing. Because I hate conflicts, and it's in me also. It's in my personality. I hate conflicts, and I also don't know how to say no, and I find it hard to this day to try to say no sometimes. But with boundaries, with personal Bill of Rights, it's been helping me a lot. And I encourage you to always, always read and listen and look up personal Bill of Rights and even listen to the episodes I published about personal Bill of Rights. Hopefully you'll learn something from them, hopefully you'll practice you know believing them and implementing them in your life cuz they 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 will be handy pretty much and finally oh actually 12 you don't have a strong a strong sense of who you are and that's basically because of all of the previous uh signs and finally 13 you absorb other people's feelings and feel like you need to fix other people's problem. This is the problem of the highly empathic people. You tend to absorb the energy that's around you. And you tend to feel what the other person feels. And that's the problem of us highly empathic people. Unfortunately, adults shouldn't use their children or others Uh, to make themselves feel valued and safe. They absolutely shouldn't, but some do, you know, some do, and it sucks. Now, the legacy of enmeshment. Enmeshment can cause a variety of other problems, like approval seeking low self-worth, fear of abandonment, anxiety, not developing a sense of self not being in touch with your feelings and by the way these are effects on the right these these problems are on the victims more more so on the perpetrators themselves this is what the victims would also feel um not pursuing your goals being saddled with inappropriate guilt and responsibility, having a hard time speaking up for yourself, codependent relationships, not learning to self-soothe, sit with difficult emotions, and calm yourself when you're upset, which also takes time, by the way. It's not something quick, because if you, for example, are mad and after like 10 minutes you're back to normal, that's not okay. <laughs> Like, that's seriously not normal. It should take time to process the feelings, to to process the emotions, to go through it, to have to accept what happened instead of denying it, and then to gradually soothe yourself and get back to normal. It takes a few hours, actually. And that's totally natural, and it's totally normal, and don't feel bad about that if you take that long. Uh, feeling responsible for people who've mistreated you or who refuse to take responsibility for yourself. And that is actually against our law, our personal bill of rights. Cause you're supposed to not be, resp- you have the right to not be responsible for other people's problems, feelings, uh, thoughts, and actions, right? Remember that. However, if you're enmeshed if you find yourself growing up in a family that enmeshes you, you're gonna find yourself doing that and it's terrible. It's harmful and it's gonna consume you. You're gonna feel responsible for people who've mistreated you when you shouldn't you really should never do that. And you have the right to not feel responsible over these people who've mistreated you for this this long and and who can't take responsibility and ownership over their wrongdoing and mistakes. You really, you really shouldn't do that. Okay, so now, I'm kinda lost here. There we go. This second article from lonerwolf.com and this is gonna suggest, uh, more signs and and reasons of enmeshment which the previous article didn't cover so so okay so being autonomous doing oh by the way the article is entitled 13 signs you're suffering from family enmeshment now let's begin being autonomous doing your own thing or making unique choices was seen as a sign of betrayal you felt ashamed or rejected for saying no to any of your family members. This is basically a different kind of restructuring of the, the, the previous, um, signs. And there also, there are ones which don't really, haven't been written on the other articles. So I just made sure, you know, I cover as many as possible. Uh, what else? Okay, one or both of your parents were controlling and strict, this wasn't mentioned, and if one family member felt anxious, angry, or depressed, everyone felt and absorbed it. Your achievements or failures defined your family's sense of worthiness, and again, it's the image. And your family was built on the foundation of power and submission rather than equality and respect. And this is how enmeshment plays a huge tool in control and dominance rather than or instead of equality and respect and appreciation of people's differences and strengths and weaknesses and flaws and everything. Okay, as far as all of this is concerned, this sucks ass for sure. This is gonna suck even more as I'm gonna read further here, so. Reasons for enmeshment. Fear of a child growing up and moving away or abandoning the parents, which stems from a fear of being alone. Kinda borderline, kinda BPD here but it's also narcissistic because then when the child actually grows up and moves away there's this loss of the narcissistic supply that they need for their self-serving interests and for their pride and their image that they want to preserve and keep as perfect as possible which i also talked about the flawed picture of dorian gray i think it was called episode um so yeah which is basically stemming from the feeling of f- fear of being left alone. Okay. There's also fear of being of being obsolete in the child's life, and thus serving no purpose or being worthless, which stems from self- low self worth. Um, yes, they have, they have to show the world that they matter in this child's life. They are a pillar in a child's life that helps the child grow and they cannot allow themselves to feel obsolete or worthless. Um, you know, as soon as the child starts to, even an adult child, like as soon as an adult child growing up, And starts to make decisions for themselves and tries to be independent and tries to create visions and goals for themselves and try to seek them. They have to also keep control of that and they have to make sure that they are still putting their foot on the pedal in every single thing that they do. Every single step they take. Fear of being independent and autonomous in the world and therefore keeping the child dependent on them. And they love the idea of keeping them dependent on them. They will use... It's not just fear here. It's also rather guilt trips of leaving them alone. And they're going to be... The world is a terrible place. There's nothing but terrible people and they're going to go trip them over leaving them alone leaving their home alone uh, away it's like they're getting get, uh, it's like they're getting rid of their parents it's like they're getting rid of their like shelter you know going out there getting themselves killed um so yeah and the sort of like uh, making sure that the world's a terrible place and describing the terrifying image of the world. Making sure also, by repeating every single time they get the chance to, that the world is nothing but a terrible, horrible, no good, uh, scary place that they're going to get themselves killed in. Yeah, something like that. The fear translates in, uh, terrible, like, imminent death is coming. And it's much stronger in the real outside world than with these, uh, predators, with these toxic people. Fear of having one's uh, role, fear of having one's role as a caretaker/slash parent, obliterated. Thus, a fear of emptiness, nothingness, or uh, obliteration of their identity, which also is similar to the one before this one. Fear of being obsolete in a child's life and fear of having one's uh, fear of sorry, fear of having one's purpose taken away being child thus the fear of purpo- purposelessness again. Right, so 13 ways enmeshment may impact you. So, okay, these were the reasons why uh, parents will enmesh their, their children to them. And 13 ways enmeshment may impact you as an adult. You feel the need to rescue everyone around you. You feel the need to be rescued constantly. Oh, I added the word constantly here. Um you take responsibility for other people's feelings, habits, and choices. And by the way, uh the feeling of needed to be needing to be rescued stems from the fact that you're always you're always, always um in the stress, fear flight or fight or flight mode every single day every single time there's something going on like you're constantly walking on eggshells terrified of the next minute and really desperately need to be rescued as soon as possible and why i added the word constantly is because it's unpredictable around these toxic people you'll never know when their mood changes You'll never know how they treat you the next five minutes. They're constantly irritated over the stupidest things. And they will make your life miserable in hell if you, for example, complain over anything. Or call them out on any shit that they did or said, etc. It's just, you're always, always, you know, on panic mode. And you need to be rescued all the time. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Uh, You can't tell the difference between your emotions and the emotions from those around you. And that's because of how you are a master at absorbing the energy and the emotions around you. That you cannot distinguish between what's yours and what's influenced on you anymore is the problem of highly empathic people you struggle to give yourself or others close to you personal space you seem to be really needy with this and even in relationships it's terrible you feel like your partner completes you quote-unquote and without them, you would be nothing. This is sort of like the parasitic kind of thinking. Uh, your partner completes you. Uh th- That's not true, really. But you feel it because you're so hungry and so thirsty, almost dying for love and care and compassion in this toxic environment. So getting into a romantic relationships feels like a... A very warm shelter that you cling into really quickly and you once there's this sort of connection between you and your partner you immediately feel like they're gonna complete you and without them you're nothing because because you you're yearning and longing for this care and attention and compassion from this partner which explains basically How you feel about your partner being that they complete you, quote unquote, and that without them you feel like nothing. So, that's because you've been breadcrumbed all your life. You get tangled up in the drama of other people's lives easily, and that's because of how drama you got used to living with ever since your childhood. You feel betrayed when someone close to you wants to do their own thing without you. And I had this happen to me a lot before, especially because I didn't have this concept of respecting someone's own needs and just, you know, giving them some space because they need to work out on their things. Um, You feel betrayed because, again, you're needing... You're needing you need you need their attention and you need their care and you need their affection around you, so them spending time away from you doing their own thing feels such like such a betrayal, like so unfaithful <laughs> uh it's not that it's funny, okay, this is serious, and this is sad, but it's just it's really um. the 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 clinginess is too much, and it reminds this reminds me of me so okay, I hope it doesn't bother you as much, but if it relates to you, just please listen in a very neutral ear, okay um so I'm not really here to tell you my whole story; I'm just sharing what it is. That happened to me when I find that the point relates. So anyway, um, you define your worth by how useful you are to others. And this is the problem. When you only seek external validation, that's where the the trap holds you. And this is the common point between codependents and narcissists, is the fact that they both seek external validation. They don't look within themselves for internal validation and accept themselves. And they show some love to themselves, and they have self-love, self-care, self-belief, self-growth, and all in all, just soothing themselves when they need some soothing. Taking care of themselves when nobody else is around. Usually they look for somebody else to do that for them. And they only define their worth by how people see them and by how people look at them. And this is terrible because there are people who are going to consider you as a gem. And there are others who are going to consider you like nothing but a, an empty bottle of water simply thrown away you know just it's people's different perspectives really and nobody should ever consider themselves as you know useful um only to other people's eyes and how people look at them next is you confuse obsession with care and obsession is hella different from care obsession is even more dangerous and more consuming than care care is moderate and and it's empathic obsession is more like self-oriented more selfish you know for the selfish need but care is more towards caring for someone else's need and when you're in an enmeshed family, you usually confuse between the two. That's a problem. You don't really know who you are. Your sense of self is weak. Yeah, when you're in an enmeshed family, you don't know who you are anymore because the ideas, the opinions, the advice you get from everyone, the feelings, the vibes, the drama... You don't know who you are anymore you don't know what you want anymore it's because of how authoritarian and how they will try to impose your parents basically and your older siblings will try to impose their authority on you whichever way possible that's also hugely manipulative i didn't fart by the way sorry um okay and okay you, you you easily lose your identity around others Mm-hmm. and you don't have money hobbies or interests outside of your family friends or romantic relationship and this is terrible and absolutely sad you should have as many hobbies And as many interests as possible outside of the family, friendships, and romantic relationships that you're involved in, at least to keep you distracted, at least to have something that will fill your time with, at least away from the toxicity, you know, just fill your time and take care of yourself when you have hobbies and interests to look for, or to look forward to. And finally... You might make others responsible for your emotions rather than taking responsibility for yourself and this is also also the common point between a codependence and a narcissist they will not take responsibility over their emotions they will make others take responsibility over their own emotions childish but unfortunately that's the common point between the two now since we're done with both articles about measurement and finally talked about this topic that I've been announcing for a long time that I would, I actually finally did. And I'm glad I did. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. What you got to do with measurement is real simple. Step number one. Set fucking boundaries. Okay? Just set them set boundaries, be firm about them, state what you want clearly, make sure if they don't follow up with your, with your uh, warning that there is a consequence, and if they disregard your boundaries anyway, you're better off without these people anyways, okay, so set boundaries, have respect for yourself, get your needs and wants met before anybody else's and know yourself okay know yourself and know where we don't have to know where people should stand and put a limit to themselves but know when to put people's toes behind a door you know what i'm saying like like know what's intolerable for you and put a limit to that like like put a red sign over what's intolerable to you and make let them know make sure you, you let them know what's intolerable for you and that there are consequences if they if they disrespect what's intolerable for you okay and again if they disrespect your boundaries anyway if they violate them regardless of how many times you warn them of the consequences you cut them off you just cut them off okay number two is discover who you are know your identify your desires identify what you tend towards identify what you disagree with what you agree with what you like and dislike what you aim for what your ambitions are just discover who you are. It all takes a little bit of effort, a little bit of time, a little bit of concentration and time for yourself and by yourself in order for you to be able to discover who you are without the influence of those who have been influencing you all your life, okay? You're capable of doing this. You just need some time on your own, some concentration, a pen and a piece of paper, um ideas and you can just swim in the ocean of your own imagination and your own thoughts and believe me if you ask yourself the question what do i want who i am who am i your brain will answer believe me and you will know the answers pretty soon it might not be one single answer like me for example my personality type tends to have a huge variety of interests, not just one thing. So, for example, if you have so many interests as well, as an example, just list them, okay? Don't, don't like, uh, disregard the value of the interests that you have. Pay close attention to all those interests and actually try to achieve them you know, try to uh, show how much you embrace and value them as a person with so many interests, for example, etc. I mean, the, the list goes on, and you're, you're responsible, and it's up to you to find that about yourself. Number three is stop feeling guilty. I know it's been difficult for all of us, to for one time stop being guilty stop feeling guilty and stop feeling ashamed for for who we are and feeling guilty of what we did um but it's time to stop feeling guilty it's time to be unapologetically us and to feel unapolo- unapologetically ugh, unapologetically happy and good about ourselves and to stop being and feeling guilty over what it is we decide to do because it serves us and it doesn't serve everybody around us I mean remember this piece of advice you can't please everybody you can't you cannot please everyone if you're gonna spend your whole life trying to please others All you're going to do is you're going to exhaust yourself and you're going to tire yourself up to the point where you can't do anything anymore. You can't even crawl. And that's how bad it's going to be. Because people are going to take the opportunity to look down on you and make fun of you even when you're crawling. They're already making fun of you when you're flying like an eagle. So fly like a fucking eagle. Don't let them look down on you crawling like a freaking worm, okay? You're better than a worm. You're as strong as an eagle. And you must stop feeling guilty. Chickens are not meant to fly. Eagles are. And if you're an eagle and you're different from all the chickens around you, be proud and be who you are. And it's okay to be sometimes self-centered okay it's okay to be focusing on yourself and dedicating time for yourself and having your own space and time for yourself and just catering to your own ambitions and goals and dreams rather than looking out for people's interests and wants and needs which don't even matter at the uh, at the end of the day because everyone is only responsible for their own life You're not responsible for anybody's thoughts, feelings, actions, or problems. Or life, for that matter. So you should stop feeling guilty. And you should be, do, say, feel, and think unapologetically, authentically. You. I hope that made sense. (laughs) And finally, step number four. Get support. There's no shortage of support out there. The online support groups that there are on Facebook is already and The number is huge, all right? People help each other with care and empathy and genuine advice. People look out for each other. And there are people who are willing to support each other, even just for free. You know, it doesn't have to be an expensive therapy session you can i mean you can totally do that if you want to it's up to you if you want to go to a therapist get yourself checked you know fix the problems you have to fix take care of yourself heal it's totally up to you but if you're if you're on a budget and you're looking for something a little bit less engaging less expensive go ahead and look for those online groups sorry on social media, where people actually advise each other and help each other, uh, lift each other up with words, with encouraging words, and you know, personal experiences and advice, which is which are basically priceless. And support is plays such a huge role in someone's healing journey, okay? And someone dealing with being highly super empathic and having to deal with this toxic environment swallowing you up and spitting you out whenever they feel like it, okay? Don't imagine that, it's too graphic. (laughs) Anyway, I'm trying to... Say what I'm trying to say eventually is take care of yourself, and you're worth it. You really are worth it. You don't deserve this emmeshment this is nothing but a trap that's keeping you in that's keeping you locked, that's not allowing you to achieve your dreams to go after what you want and grow as a as a human being, okay, you're better than that now. This is the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed and learned from this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. I hope to see you in the next episode if you have any sort of desire, intention, or, you know, uh, feat for wanting to support this podcast and seeing it grow and be successful and thrive then please support it. It'll mean the world to me, and I will make sure I'll shout you out in the next episode. If you want to be anonymous, I'll keep you anonymous. If you have any suggestion, question, anything you want to ask, just hit me up in the message button on Anchor, and I'll make sure I will uh, consider that. Anyway, uh, so basically, yeah. This has been it for this episode, and I'll see you in the next one.